Sony Music's original motion picture soundtrack to the Sony Pictures theatrical release of Little Women features the music of Academy Award, Golden Globe, and Grammy Award-winning composer Alexandra Desplat. Hello, Alexandra. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hello, hello. Lovely to be uh, speaking with you today. Little Women, which made its highly anticipated debut on Christmas Day, is a coming-of-age story and draws on the classic Louisa May Alcott novel that unfolds as the author's alter ego, four young American women on their path to adulthood, each determined to live life on their own terms. Alexandra, given that you are neither American or a woman, how did that affect the way you approach this work? Being raised with uh, two older sisters, I've watched, heard, listened, and understood my sisters since I was born. I think being not only linked to uh, young girls' questions and dreams and anxieties and questions they could ask themselves or to their parents but also because we were three of us we all had these dreams games that we were doing together we played music together we all dreamed of becoming one day artists my older sister wanted to be an architect and she became a jazz musician the second wanted to she played piano but she became a doctor and i always wanted to be an artist when I was a little boy, could it be a, an actor or, or a musician? And so the dreams that you have when you're a little child, they kind of stay with you. And I, so I've experienced that these dreams that these four girls have, one goes to the safe direction of having a family, like one of my sister did, and, and the others, you know, they want to be, they want to be artists. this timeless and timely story of these four young girls, you chose to use four hands in the form of two pianists. You said that this technique allowed you to create the intimate world of these little women. And of course, the four hands represents these four women. I always try to find an intellectual idea before I start writing a score. It's almost a frame that I try to build around the music I have to write, so I know that I don't go in a thousand directions. If I find a guideline, it kind of helps me focusing on, on the project. Sometimes I use the same tempo all through the film, or the same key. Here I thought that having four hands, but not four hands on the same piano, because that would have limited my range of, of sounds, but having two pianos and four hands, that's the idea. I even thought at some point having a string quartet uh, with a female string quartet, but I thought that would be maybe too much of a, uh, <laughs> of a frame, <laughs> too narrow a frame. So I passed on that idea and just kept the, the, the four hands on the two pianos. And, and the chamber orchestra, because there's, uh, 
We know we're in the 19th century and we wanted with Creta to bring the music towards us without being electric or electronic. We didn't want the anachronism to be too loud. We wanted the music to sound modern but at the same time uh, with instruments of the time. So we've used classical instruments, you know, a string orchestra, a flute, a clarinet, a harp, and these two pianos who wave around, you know, they do these waves around the orchestra. Uh, in the high register, in the low register, sometimes we hit the, 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 the keys in the low register to give some impact. But in a way, when you look at the film, there's this very beautiful light, especially in the, the happy moments, Christmas, and, or, or when they go by the sea, by the ocean. And the piano allows to have these tinkling, brilliant, fast scales, runs, uh, arpeggios. Since we have two pianos, they can be in the same register, medium, high or low, playing different notes and creating uh, some kind of an organized chaos. And of course, in addition to that, the obvious assumption is four women, four hands. It's a clever idea. Were you thinking about it like that? And do you feel theater goers will also pick up on that? I never want people to pick up on it. It should be a secret. I shouldn't even talk about it. It's my little cuisine, you know. I'm, I'm like a chef in my, in my studio and I think, oh, what could I do? As I say, it's just a guideline and I don't want the audience to know about it. Take the film, they hear the music in the film and they feel something. My job is to help the audience feel something more. And you recorded the score in New York City did you pick all the musicians and can you tell us anything about the orchestra players and the soloists? We had recording in the past in New York already. We wanted to put the bar even higher this time because the music was difficult to record. You need very high-end players. So we managed to find some great, great musicians from the Met who recorded in a studio called Demena, where the acoustic is very clear, very precise it's even more difficult for the magician. When you record in a wide uh, church or a wide, huge room, venue, there's more comfort because there's a lot of reverb. But this studio where we record is really impeccably precise and can't really uh, hide yourself or cheat at any times. So we had marvelous musicians there and we recorded with a team of engineers Peter Cobbin and, and Kirsty Wally, who come from London, uh, from Abbey Road, and it was just a fantastic moment. And I know that Greta, when she was there, was also um, impressed by the way the musicians would play. Benjamin Bowman is the concertmaster of the Met, and he was leading the orchestra while I was conducting, and he was a fantastic, fantastic violinist.
your projects is introduce the film and the music in the opening titles as a way of bringing the audience into the work. I've always think that going to watch a movie is like going to the opera or to the concert. It's a ritual. It's like going into a church. same dark room, the sound of the city will end, the buzzing of your computers, your telephones will stop, and boom, you're in the dark, the images come on the screen, and that magic moment, a magic moment that brought me to become a filmmaker in a way, you know, create something for cinema. To me, it's like being a filmmaker. I want to be part of the uh, experience, and by writing Cautiously, the opening title music, I somehow ring the bells for the audience to be charmed and uh, hypnotized, saying, all right, guys, this is the end of the day. You're not with your everyday life anymore. Now we're going to tell you an incredible story. Come with us, give us your hands, give us your eyes, give us your ears, and we're going to take you into this journey for an hour and a half or two hours, maybe more. And stay with us and the music draws you into this incredible moment of art. back and forth, goes into the past, comes back to the present. Does that affect the way you score the film? Of course it does, and it's actually one of the points that made me decide to do this film, is the non-linear narrative. Otherwise, it, the movie could have been a bit tedious or dated. You know, in mid-19th century, and there's been many versions of that story already on, on film and TV. And I felt that there was something um, really smart and brilliant from Greta to adapt the book for the screenplay in, in a different way. It gives different challenges to the music. It gives the challenge of continuity. And at the same time, the challenge of being full of surprises. Change chord unexpectedly or change a little bit the instrumentation or the tempo. Trying to find motifs that are recurring so that you don't lose track of the characters, of their emotions. And I think it's brilliant not to have to put a mask on the characters because they grow up or change the cast because they grow up. Because the actors are all very young, in their early 20s, they can play 12, 14, 15 years old. Their faces and their bodies are still very juvenile. And if you dress them differently, and that's another fantastic work from Jacqueline Durand. The costumes are incredibly beautiful and the hair, they're incredible. It allows us to believe that these kids can be 13, 14 and in their mid-twenties. When Greta explained to me and showed me the first images that it would be non-linear and that the cast would be the same from childhood to uh, young adulthood. 
You mentioned that this score is like a ballet. Is that because there's a great deal of physicality in the film and it was ballet-like? When you watch the film, there's so much uh, youthful energy from these kids. They're so, these actors are so wonderfully matching together. You feel how much Greta has brought them into an ensemble of very young actors. And their craft already is very strong. And the way they move in the frame, amazing uh, cinematographer, uh, DP, Yorick Lesseau. The way they move in the light, the way nature is around them, the coziness of the house, the way they play theater together, there's something very physical, yes. They're not just standing or sitting in a couch, there's always movement. And that's why I guess Greta wanted me to write music and have the audience feel that they're watching a ballet. It never stops, always this energy, you know, between 15 and 25, people have so much energy and so much joy. They jump around, they, they laugh, they, they run, they, they can't stop. And I think we feel that very strongly in the film. And the music had to capture that too. You've referenced Greta a number of times in this podcast. That's, of course, writer-director Greta Gerwig. Greta said that she is a better filmmaker for having worked with you and sincerely hopes that it is not the last time. That's very kind of her. The first music she heard from me was Birth. So she must have been very young. That's uh, 15 years ago with Nicole Kidman, which I scored with the London Symphony. When we started working together, I could feel that she was at the same time shy and hoping that I would surprise her. She had this great quote saying that she would like my score to be a mix of David Bowie and Mozart. And I did not really understand at first what it meant. When I started writing, I understood. But when I saw the film, it's this energy. Her film is pop, you know? It's not dated 19th century. It's a film made by a director of today that watches young adults of today and the great thing about Mary Alcott is that her book is forever, it's not dated. You can make it very dated, of course, and tedious, but if you project it to our times, it's extremely modern. The way this young woman wants to be an artist despite the weight of traditions, the weight of uh, patriarchal power, the weight of money. She manages to keep her own publishing and become rich. She was one of the richest woman of the 19th century because she kept her publishing rights. And the great thing is that when you watch the film, you're not sure that you're watching a story. It's a book that actually is unfolding in front of you. So there's all that in Greta's work that made me so happy and so prolific because I wrote a lot of music in the film. And I think we skipped almost every single note that we recorded. I hope that we'll do another film. Yes, I do hope so. And I'm happy she's happy. Well, you've been nominated for another Golden Globe and you've made the shortlist for the Academy Award nominations. And I'd like to congratulate you on that. Alexandra, I really appreciate you coming on with us today to discuss it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, so, so very much. 